0: Hello and welcome. This is Karen Motikides and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited for you today. I just finished an interview that I did with one of my clients. One of the feedbacks I get from regarding the show is my listeners want to hear real-life clients who have gone through the process because as Steve and I were talking about after we finished the interview, is that when I used to have guests and I'd have researchers or New York Times bestselling authors or whoever these people were, famous people, and it's like, oh, great, that's possible for them, but they're something special. They're the unicorn. What about an ordinary person like me? How is this possible? How does this actually work? And so today I have Steve, one of my clients on the show, and he's going to talk about where he was about a year ago, actually about 14 months ago, and where he is today, and where he's going to talk about there, where is there. And one of the things that I love about his story is that he is an example of what is possible when one commits to oneself. And that's so important because you hear me talk a lot about committing and it's so easy when things unravel, when things go sideways to quit and give up. But he is an example and he's not only an inspiration for for you guys, but he's also been an inspiration for the first group of enoughers that went through with him because they saw they had the front, you know, front row seats to see him go through his falling apart, falling down moments and then get back up and really create the life that he wanted. I'm so excited for you to hear his story and for Steve to share with you. I'll circle back with you after my interview with Steve. Steve, hello and welcome to my show. Uh, Hi, Corinne.
1: Nice to be here.
0: How are you feeling about doing this?
1: Anxious and nervous. (laughs) (laughs) This is a new experience.
0: (laughs) Filled with lots of uncertainty, isn't it?
1: Uh, absolutely yes
0: (laughs) so you've been a long time listener and also a client of mine you were in the enough group the first enough group and did you ever think that you would be on this other side listening to a guest come in and me interview them
1: Um, no I never expected myself to be somebody who was ever interviewed Um, and actually I think that's probably an illustration of how far I've come probably in the last year or so, because yeah, the ones I've listened to is like, I don't think I've got anything to say, uh, whereas here I am now. You're happy. You think I've got something to say, and um, which is uh, really quite encouraging.
0: Well, so indefinitely, you have a lot to say, in in our enough group, you know, other members thought of you as an inspiration that you inspired others I don't know if they ever shared that with you they shared it with me in some of their private sessions and that you know to see where you started and then where you where you got to in that process was inspiring for so many of them
1: yeah I can I can see that now yes yeah and is is it worth just covering a little bit where I was a year ago yes let's start with that um so probably about so a year ago um, it was probably about now. Um, I was signed off sick uh, with exhaustion, um, I suppose, yes, physical, mental, uh, emotional burnout, effectively. And from December through May, I was off work sick. Um, so I've only been back work now some like six months. But yeah, a year ago, I was at the absolute bottom of where I could be. Um, and I didn't leave the house probably for weeks.
0: And, and let's, and let's just back it up a little further, because I think I interviewed you about October. I think you were like the first one to sign up for the interest list. And then I think I interviewed you, we did a consult in like October, and you're ready to go signed up. And then we started mid November. And then that's when the unraveling occurred, right? That's when You all the stuff came up, you wound up taking a medical leave from work, and I and that's I think an important part because sometimes I think when people strive for something better, they think, Oh, it's going to be just this nice, beautiful unraveling and it's going to be clean and easy. But what do you have to say to that?
1: Um, it definitely wasn't clean (laughs) and easy, so I think I've been listening to your podcast for several months if not a year previously or so um and i'd seen something in it and the people and the interviews that yes i think that's i felt that was the sort of challenge i wanted and needed um which i signed up at the time and though mentally that's where i knew i wanted to go i still um I think there was just so much else going on physically and emotionally that, yeah, had to work its way out first. And so, yes, it was reaching rock bottom and then having to <laughs> rebuild from uh, from rock bottom.
0: Prior to doing this work, how did you handle your emotions?
1: Uh, what emotions? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have emotions <laughs> prior to doing this work.
0: Uh, Uh, Isn't that why you had the medical leave from work in December? uh,
1: Yeah. Well, it's – yes. uh, um, Actually, thinking back, I've probably been on antidepressants probably about 15 years or something like that. Um, And the doctors has always assumed it was depression. But actually, when I actually finally all fell apart, it was anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was anxious about life, everything – and who I was. Um uh, yeah, I just wasn't enough uh in any area or anything. Um so yeah, it's been building up for a long time. Uh, uh but yeah, so last year was the point I think my where my body said finally, that's enough that's it. That's enough.
0: <laughs> that's enough and you're gonna become enough. <laughs> I, I'm
1: gonna become enough, yes.
0: And um, with the anxiety, because you mentioned at the top of the show, this interview, that you're feeling a bit anxious for being here. So what's the difference now with feeling this anxiety and being here versus when a year ago when the anxiety was unraveling?
1: I think uh, now it's I recognize that I'm just not... Certain, quite where this will go or how things will be. Uh, not particularly. I don't feel particularly anxious about it. It's more, can I procrastinate and and say and push it off or uh, something like that? But I don't have a problem being here. Whereas where I was a year ago and yeah, you know, went through the whole emotional and physical thing was I was. Anxious and very tense all the time. Um, I just, and it was just a deep knot in my stomach all the time. Um, and I didn't know life without that tension as in the background all the time. Um, so, yeah, the, a lot of the process was recognizing that tension was there and, and changing a lot of the thoughts to. Get to a point where, um, actually, I now feel that the anxiety and the tension come and go, depending what I'm doing or, or thinking or um, at any point in time. But a year ago, I had very little awareness; it was there.
0: Would you have said yes to the interview a year ago?
1: Oh no, no, no. 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 <laughs> um, so maybe in one way I might have done because my way of dealing thing with things is very much to I've got to prove myself mm-hmm. so yeah if you had said oh, oh I'd like to interview you a year ago it would be more like I'll do it because it's a challenge I can do it um, whereas but I wouldn't have anything to say uh, or anything meaningful to say. Whereas a year later, then I've gone through the experience. I know what it's now like to, to get to the bottom and then have to work your way back up again.
0: So I think about you, it was, I think it was about January, and we were doing the mindset practice quite a bit. And I remember your response to me was, Corinne, I can't deal with my feelings. Right, so the great thing about you is you never gave up. No matter how bad it got, you kept coming and sh- you showed up to our group. You may not have participated, but you were there. Yeah, right? yeah. And and that uh, that commitment is so important for the listeners out there. Is that when you really want something, commit to it. And maybe you know you you participate quite a bit, quite often, in in, in the group calls. And you you're one that does their work and you practice and you in, implement it into your life. But it's okay that sometimes showing up is the best effort of what you can do
1: yeah i I' would agree with that, yes, and i I suppose part of i suppose there's there's a bit of me that is actually I want to challenge where I am, i want to i suppose improve, and I think that's both been a negative thing as that it's driven me to the edge of exhaustion um but on the other hand, there's also a actually a, a desire that things can be better um, and things can move forward. Um, so, yes, I think I was very committed to getting well again and getting back into work, um, back into relationships and to, to get my health back.
0: Okay, so it's now december twenty eighteen right The group we finished the group. Where are you emotionally now?
1: <laughs> where am I emotionally now <laughs> um, it depends who you talk to actually um
0: no, I want your opinion
1: uh, Where am I emotionally now i i I'm not there um i'm getting i'm on a journey to understanding how i feel uh, and how i react to things um and i think also to react to things and circumstances in a more measured way um so yes um as more as an emotional adult i think that's a phrase you've used quite a lot mm-hmm. um that actually even four or five months ago, I was still very tense and um, very much felt reactive to things Um, and still probably a fair amount of background tension, whereas now I can see it come and go um, much more and actually more choose how i want to respond to things um, not in all circumstances but yeah a lot of the time now
0: so is the there that you're speaking to is that the same there of what you thought of in december of
1: 2017 <laughs> Um no no I, I don't think it probably is the same there uh okay i've um I think a couple of years ago, I'd read gone through read through all the Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, and was it Daniel Goleman Mm -hmm. uh, that wrote that? And it was like, I think I must have done his test, and it was like, goodness me, I'm like off the bottom of this chart. Um, And I think I'd redone it sometime earlier this year, and I'd moved along quite a long way. I just I don't know if I want to do it again because actually. Is there a there? Um, I don't know if that, I don't think there is. It's a, it's been, it's more, I think, getting, becoming more comfortable with the feelings that you have and accepting them. Um, I don't think there is ever a a there to get to. Um, A year ago, I don't think I quite even knew there was. Where to go to, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's part of the experience, probably of the Enough course is that slow reveal of almost different concepts of, of like the emotional adult, and um, and actually, yes, feelings are as a result of thoughts, um, and it's it's yes i think i've heard of these things before but it was it's probably been the slow reveal and the working at it that the first time you hear it, it's like wow
0: <laughs>
1: goodness me oh i could be an emotional adult um screw it up for then for weeks and months um but then eventually come back and think well actually that makes sense and I think it's more starting to then see um, that there are different ways of being, different modes of being. And and actually it's not all uh, – life is not all in that bucket of vulnerability and um, uncertainty.
0: The, um the the mindset stuff that we worked on, and, and you've done a really good job of really getting in it. Wouldn't you say it's in your bones? Not that you do it perfectly. We don't because we don't live in perfection, right? Because that's the birthplace of shame. But that you really understand how the thoughts create our feelings and have a better understanding of being able to identify what those feelings are.
1: Yeah, I have much better now. A, a year. I, I'm, it's to some extent. It's taken a year. It has taken a year. Mm-hmm. Um, because it started off as very cognitive in my head knowledge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's taken quite a while to go from that I know it to I feel it, and I'd probably say for me, as somebody who's probably mainly in his head all the time, <laughs> um, then. Yes, I pride myself on my intellectual ability and that that's how I run my life and my career mm-hmm. uh, is, is based on the knowledge that I know and the problems I can solve. Um, but everything's been in my head and actually trying to move, going from knowing things to actually experiencing them and feeling them probably didn't start until probably at least six months in. And I would probably say it's the last six months. It's more or less gone from I know it to actually, you know, the term I'm using, in your bones. Then, yes, it feels like much more is in my bones now. But it's taken, taken quite some time.
0: Well, and that's so important. And that's why the enough group is for a year, right? Because sometimes people go, really? I'm going to be with you for a year. But it's that time. It's intellectually. You're highly intelligent. My clients are highly intelligent overachievers. They could cram this stuff in, you know, in a matter of weeks, but they would know it and it really wouldn't work. And then they move on to something else. But the fact that we have that year to go through, and like you said earlier, and I want to make sure the listeners hear this, that. And these weren't quite your words. I don't remember what it was, but it's my words of falling down moments, right? There was you doing the work, you showing up, maybe not not participating because it was overwhelming at the time and there was so much anxiety, but you still showed up and then you would go and do it and say, this is great. And then you go and try it out in the world and screw it up and come back again, right? And that having that year really allows you to go and practice and play with it and, and then to gather your own evidence of oh, it's not crazy. This stuff actually does work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does work. It, it, and it's a process.
1: It, And I think that's the important thing. It's a process. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and actually, I think that th- the year is a helpful concept in terms of committing to something. And I've seen quite a, a number of counselors and therapists, uh, some better than others. Um, but I think a lot of it, um, I wanted to be challenged. I knew there were changes I wanted to make. And I want, to some degree, I wanted my thoughts, my, the way I look at things challenged so that I could see to some degree, see what was going on. Um, and then, actually, having been challenged, then choose to do something different, and so, and that's really what's been helped over the last year. And I, I, I think back to some of the other interviews where other people have said, "Corin, you ask good questions." <laughs> and in the last few weeks, I found myself saying that lots of times, "Corin, you ask good questions," um, because, and I. Yeah, we had our uh, um, our next group. Oh, what? Um, yes, our evolve group um, mm-hmm. last night, and it was interesting to see. You're asking good questions of other people. Is somebody would say something? Uh, one of the other people would say something, and you would say, Do you really, Is 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 that really correct or really true?" And you could see the divergence and then we had the discussion between well it's the values that we aspire to and actually our action and actually what's the reality of our actions Mm -hmm. and it's getting that clarity between the well what do I aspire to and the values that I aspire to and the actually this is what I allow myself to do Mm -hmm. Um, and actually there's a disparity um uh, and you're very good at pointing out the difference between <laughs> between okay we would like to be like this and actually this is what i'm doing um and in a very nice way but it but it, it was just interesting to see it happen to some to one of the other people in the group and it was like you asked the question and then, it, then it's the cogs whirring yes i think i agree <laughs> All uh, right. Yes, yes. I just have to, okay. I'll have to accept that. Yes, I'm in shame now. I've flown it. Okay. <laughs> yes, you're right. Okay. Now I. Now we can move on. But
0: uh, what a great place to be in shame, right? Because we all know that there's love, compassion, there's tons of support. And there's so much, Everybody is able to identify with each other, right? The circumstances may be a bit different. But so often in our group calls, it will be like, Oh my gosh, what so and so was being coached on what that person said. I could totally relate to it in a very different manner. Right. But it, so if somebody's talking about maybe their health and maybe somebody else's, it's not a health issue for them, but there's something underneath it. It's that feeling state that they can identify with and they can see how they get clarity and insight into them. Because until you have that clarity, until you have that awareness, you don't know what problem you're trying to solve.
1: No, no, you, you, true. And there there are several calls we've had where people have talked about things and, and it's like, oh, Oh, that, oh! That, they have a problem. They have a challenge or problem with with that. It's like, yeah, identify with that, uh, but you don't necessarily see it in yourself until you see it in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the what the case in point was like was uh, probably teenagers. Uh, we're all at that sort of age with with teenagers, um, and we all have challenges with boundaries with teenagers. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yeah so that that's all i think the the group construct has been very helpful in that respect because in almost in some ways you can almost move quicker in a group because it's not so challenging when you see it in somebody else as long as you're open to it it's not so challenging when you see it somebody else's having a challenge and it's like Oh, that could be me. (laughs) Uh, Good job. I'm not being questioned on that subject. Um, But but it's not as – when you're in it being challenged, it is uncomfortable. But when you see it in somebody else, actually becomes more of a learning opportunity. Um, and you can start to join the dots up, even though you're only working on one your section of things you have a much broader experience of what other people are working on
0: no i mean that was one of the things about uh one of the members in our group who chose to do evolve. They were thinking about going into private coaching, but I'm fierce as a coach right i and so sometimes it's they can they can feel like a bit of deer in headlights. And they get a lot of value by being able to see me coach somebody else because of that resonating piece. And so for them, it really is effective. So, and I, and the group process has been phenomenal. I want to go into, I think it was about, was it last summer, maybe summer or September and you and I were checking in and we were talking about the goals that you would set up. I don't know, maybe like early spring, March, February, and what did you realize? What's...
1: Yeah, so I think it was about was it about three months in? We set our uh, mm-hmm. goals for the next six months or the for the for the year, um, and I can't quite remember what they are now. But but it was all of a sudden in the middle of the summer. It was like when I I I, um, I hadn't even gone back to look at them, but it's it was just a, a A dawning that actually I've reached all three goals that I Mm -hmm. set, um, and actually wasn't necessarily deliberate effort that or deliberately focusing on those goals, but all of a sudden it was like I've reached my three goals, Mm -hmm. and it's and I couldn't have imagined that because one of them was like my health. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning of the year was was yeah to be able to go out for a day where um, because yeah I hadn't been out of the house for for weeks. Okay. Uh, so one of them was be able to go out for a day and and not not be concerned about it. And it's like oh, all well, of a sudden I can do it. Um, I'm not saying a hundred percent quite back, um, but it's actually move towards those goals quite um, the fact they were there but subconsciously yes I I was working away at them and yeah I actually got there and actually that realisation of I've set those goals and actually having got there was like wow <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe it's a good thing I didn't look at them in between um, but it was all of a sudden it's like yeah, I've got there. And it's it's a proof point. It's a... It, actually, it's a proof point that I know I can change how I deal with life mm-hmm. and, and deal with circumstances. Uh,
0: and yeah. for, for you, it's about now you have this evidence of I can change, and here's evidence, right? Before that, it was like, The the example I always give of you have to believe to achieve, believe without having the evidence. And so that was kind of the beginning part of the year was, okay, I'm going to believe in this. I don't have any evidence to achieve. And the only evidence I can give you is how it doesn't work, right? And that's Mm. what we typically go to. And so evidence can be kind of a dangerous thing because we can look at the past of what didn't work instead of who it is that we're creating in the future. So now you're like, hey – I have evidence of how I can change. And that's what everybody's afraid of. They don't believe they can change because they look at all of the evidence that's been mounting over the years of how how they haven't changed.
1: Yeah. And uh, I I think it's even more fundamental than that is actually almost until this point, I didn't know I could change. What am I, 54 now? Something (laughs) like that. And actually, I had no understanding that I could change uh, and that I could change the way I do things or uh, the way I react to things or the fact I numb myself by surfing for hours or play computer games or something like that on my phone. but I didn't have a realization that I, that it was possible to change, um, and I think it's just going through the process as much as anything is committing to an outcome. That's where I want to be. I'm not entirely certain I'll get there, but but actually, it was that. Your encouragement of well, where do you want to be in six months' time? Not not something outlandish, but something reasonable. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be in in six months' time? Um, and actually, yes, I think looking back now, it's created that evidence that actually says, yeah, okay, I can. Yes, I can manage my mind <laughs> better, and but there's more I can do, and I know there's more. Uh, I can work on, um, and maybe that also comes back into this, the idea of Betty Brown and the arenas Mm -hmm. is that, yes, I can, I know I can do it in one arena. Uh, yeah. Can I move that to other places now?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about a, a a baby that's that's growing and evolving, right? At first, they're just so excited to pick up, you know, the piece of food with their and and be able to eat it themselves, and they're happy to sit, and then they're happy to stand, right? And and or and they're crawling, but it's they don't even know what's in front of them until they get to a certain point, and they start to realize like I can do this, and that's where even though we're emotional adults, it's like as we evolve, we get to this next level, and we go. Holy moly. And that's why the there changes, because you get to someplace else and you're like, this is so amazing. And then now you can see so many more opportunities of stuff that you want to work on or go towards. Right. And it can be fun because you're like, oh, it's really simple. I commit to it. I commit to the best case scenario. I manage my mindset. I manage risk. Right. Right. And, and I keep practicing. And if you do those things, you will eventually get to that there. And then when you get to that there, the there will then change again.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's, it's probably a good thing we don't know what's over the horizon. <laughs> because otherwise it's like, how far is that to go? I no, it, it, But it's not. It's it, It's about a journey and it's... Yeah, it's about how we deal it's very much for me now how I deal with things Mm -hmm. Um, and it's I think it's interesting for me to observe now as some of the circumstances that come up that in the past have caused me difficulty, it's like now it's like, oh I dealt with that very differently Um, and that Yes, it didn't have the same, I didn't have the same level of reaction to something that I had previously. Um, would I prefer to be in a, a different place that I don't react to it at all? Yes, but having said that, I now have an awareness of, oh, I reacted to that better than I have done in the past, but but also that, in that sort of level of awareness of how I behaved in that situation. And which actually then says, okay, you can move further Mm -hmm. that actually there are still ways I'd like to, to handle things differently. Yes.
0: So how, how has it been about other people's energy, right? Their emotional energy and, um, dealing with that. Oh
1: gosh. Other people and their emotional energy. Um, Having grown up in a household where um, there were no emotions, (laughs) then actually dealing with other people's emotions and their emotional energy has been difficult all my life. Um, and, And I have to say, I've always run away from situations where i think it's going to get emotional um and or where people start to display a lot of emotion i'm uncomfortable um and i'll withdraw and but uh, yeah and, and but within our family that's become very much of an issue as well um because I suppose yes my wife has multiple cirrhosis, um which is something we've talked about occasionally and which causes her a lot of challenges um it also causes me a lot of challenges because of where I am in I suppose uh, yeah of not wanting yeah yes not feeling good enough in that sort of space um yeah, not feeling I could help or or actually feeling that I don't want to help, um, that I don't want her to be dependent or I don't want to be in a place where somebody's depending on me. Um, so, yes, there's been a lot of emotion that comes up around that for, I suppose, years that we've been treading around lots of issues. Um, and if any of them ever came up, um, yes, it was, yeah, a, a shit show at the time, um, and I described them more as landmines. It's like mm-hmm. just waiting for a landmine to go off, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's probably still in that. Like in in that in the last year of the first six months, I was still waiting for landmines to go off, but now I think I can see moved a lot further that actually if something emotional comes up, then it's like, okay, I can be compassionate. Um, I can be compassionate to myself, that actually this is difficult. I don't like it, but also compassionate for, for somebody else that actually, actually this has exploded because actually there's a lot of pain here. Um, and they're in pain. Um, and so, actually, getting that sort of grasp around compassion. Um, yeah, it's another it's another phrase you use that uh, quite often. That um, uh, what is it? Uh, compassion is a motivator for change. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and actually, getting that sort of view of actually being. Compassionate about something rather than being uh, critical to get change. Um, and so, this is uh, you use this one, this this uh, I suppose uh, idea quite a lot. It comes up quite a lot in our in our sessions around that that actually people tend to use criticism and judgment to get you to do something. Mm-hmm um and i suppose in many ways that's how we experience life um other people do that around us all the time and it's yeah i think it took a very long time for me to get to grips with having compassion for myself um i think for a long time the uh, one of my uh, um, um, thoughts of the day was, I'm learning to be compassionate, and it's like, um, which is e- not even being compassionate; it's learning to mm-hmm. want to be compassionate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas, whereas now it's yes, I'm compassionate with myself. Um, yes, I could always be more compassionate. But it's at the beginning, I wouldn't commit myself to um, making a bold statement like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything was prefixed with, I'm learning. (laughs) Uh, Well, well,
0: because that was more believable, right? Because most often we think that we need to beat ourselves up and be critical. But when we do that in our mindset practice, we realize it usually triggers shame inside of us when we you know tell ourselves what's wrong with me why don't i want to do this well we're feeling shame and then we can't explore and take positive actions instead what you're doing is hiding away disconnecting right numbing Mm -hmm. with the news feeds of what's going on in america or whatever
1: right (laughs) and i used to do a lot of that (laughs) (laughs) actually a lot of it's got better since the midterm elections (laughs)
0: So, but instead, when we can be compassionate and go, oh, you know, what can I learn from this? Or, wow, that person's experiencing a lot of pain and I have my own struggles too. And how can we move through this together? You know, because we both love each other and care about each other and, and work through this. Or there's also been times of like, oh, okay, she's really upset and that's okay. And we're fine. You know, we, we don't have to worry about the things that she's worried about because we're Okay right
1: yeah and it's it's it's, and this is like in the last six months is is that sort of separating from somebody else's pain is that um is yeah it was yes i always used to feel very triggered by at least uh other people's pain and um very much identified with them um or be pulled into to where they were from an emotional perspective and actually yeah i'll probably say in the last six months then it's it's creating you know getting some level of separation from that of of i'm okay where i am and Not being getting attached to or triggered by their Mm -hmm. what's going on for them.
0: Have you noticed by you staying grounded in your own energy, your own emotional state, not reacting to their emotions? Right, which is hard, and and I struggle. I know the stuff in my bones, and I can struggle with my family because I think our families they know all the buttons to push. But I also know that when I can get myself grounded, how my energy can affect other people. So when your wife or family members may be in their own shame storm and you can stay compassionate, do you see a ripple effect?
1: Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, I think before it was like something, the landmine went off or something, <laughs> uh, something was triggered, then I couldn't stay in the situation to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um whereas now it's much more okay um it's happened okay um is it important no um yeah and and actually then correspond with the person as to well yeah (laughs) do you really believe what you've just said or that that actually what it means Yes, we're having a lot of that um, with uh, one of our teenagers and exams at the moment. Uh, Yes, there was a bit. There was a yes. He was using an unfortunate phrase: "Is if I don't do this, you'll kill me." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was, it was like, um, "Do you think we'll really kill you?" Uh, And actually, you could start to see the no. No, I don't think you would kill me. Uh, it's yes, it's it, it's being in a place to almost challenge that uh, that uh, default response, mm-hmm.
0: that that conditioned response of oh, this is what I'm going to say. When really you're not going to kill him when you love him, and two you're not willing to go to jail.
1: Absolutely, I Well, and then you you devolve into the well, you would make it into humor. It's like, well, what method would you prefer to be killed? <laughs> <Yeah. by? laughs> um, and you could start to break. Uh, yeah, you you could turn it into humor. Uh, you've got to know when to to turn it into humour, but uh, uh, yeah, they, they, yes, they do respond, and I'm, that, that way, and yeah, you've you've had several stories along the same sort of line.
0: The joys of teenagers, the joys. So Steve, I want to go into this point because it's really important. So often in our society, we think like, oh, if I'm unhappy, if things aren't working, I need to change my circumstance. I need to leave my job. I need to leave my marriage. I need to, you know, just change things. So for you, on the outside, your circumstances, did anything, did you leave anything? Did anything change? Mm
1: no i don't think anything i don't think anything has changed um
0: at, at the same job
1: married uh, I still have the same job uh married um yes, the only thing that's changed is me mm-hmm. um uh, but I, yes, I suppose i i do recall quite a few times over the six months of being off sick of being somewhat anxious of about work of will they still want me mm-hmm. um and yes, can I really be off sick for this long and still go back to work? Um and it was quite reassuring, I suppose that the more as the time went on, it was like, Yeah, okay, yes, they do want me. Um yes, okay, they're quite happy to have me back. Um and it it was I suppose a, a growing realisation of Yes, I suppose my own value and in that. <laughs> and actually, yes, the circumstances haven't really changed. Uh, if anything has changed, it's, it's actually because I'm calmer and make things, and I suppose actually puts as much in the household of I... I'm now much more of a moderating influence mm. um, whereas I think before, a year ago it was I didn't feel emotionally able to deal with a lot of the things that were going on um, I felt and actually I felt quite um, Put upon that, I'm going to have to develop a lot emotionally to cope with the circumstances. So things like the MS and teenagers and things like that, uh, that I'm going to have to evolve a lot, quite a long way to handle these things. And I was quite cross and angry about that <laughs> at, at several points. Uh, whereas now I can look back and say, oh. Yes, I have evolved. I have moved to a place where yeah, I don't handle these things necessarily well, but actually they are something to be moved through. Uh, they're not something to be feared. It's, okay, we'll just get on and deal with it. Um, and it, I suppose it's becoming that emotional adult. Um I think when we started, I felt I was the emotionally immature child. And it was like, how do I get to be the emotional adult? And I don't quite know how I did it, but it happened.
0: (laughs) Well, one of the things that you did is that you made a commitment. You were an example of what is possible when one commits to oneself. Right, and it wasn't just oh, I need to commit to myself because I need to be happier. I mean, it's the ripple effect of being able to be in your marriage and to raise teenagers and to be of service at work. It's all of those things. When you are your best version of yourself, it your it strengthens all areas of your life.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yes, um, yeah, it's yes, uh, it very. Uh, but the way I interact, at least with, with the family now, it's so much different mm-hmm. um, to how it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, the, I think there are things I'd like to be different, but actually to some extent some of those are about other people. Um, they're not about me. Um but yeah, it's it's very different place to be in than than I think prior to all of this happening. Um, so even prior to the, the point at which I started, we started with enough. Um, I suppose I didn't even realize at that point how stressed or how on the edge of burnout I was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so. It, it took that sort of unravelling to actually see – start to see how far uh, – I don't, don't really want to use the term how far to go, but actually what – where I almost had to unravel to see where, where I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, there wasn't any view of, I know things can be better, but I've no idea how to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even what the journey was. Whereas actually, probably having unraveled, it was like, okay, I'm at the bottom. I need to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, there were lots of things in there. So um, as well as coaching, I've done CBT uh for uh, a number of months um, yeah, so yeah, really had to pick up from a very very low level of um, you yeah, know a, a high level of anxiety and generalized anxiety disorder f- to actually come back to a um, pretty stable place.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there was that driving force. I remember in that consult call, call you said to me, Corinne, I want to be enough, right? And so you may not know how you got here, but it was there are these components of your willingness to stick to something, this commitment to yourself, you know, that the willingness to practice, the willingness to, oh, Corinne, I I'm going to have this. I just had this courageous conversation with my with my wife. We talked about these emotional things, right? Where you're, where you maybe reluctantly but you'll you'll still go and do it. I mean, I would say even times that reluctantly come to our group calls of like, I would rather probably be on a newsfeed right now, but I'm going to come because while I don't understand how it's going to work, it's got to work. Something's going to change.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it is that, I think it is that commitment for a year, whereas going to see a therapist or a counsellor, you're doing it on a week by week basis, and actually, I don't think there isn't a clarity of where you want to go with counseling or therapy. Um, there's just a you want to get better, and, and it, it maybe is different for it will probably be different for everybody, but um. At the time you start, you don't know where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You don't have a vision of where you want to go. Um, and to some degree, I suppose, things like therapy and counseling, because they are more uh, I would say regulated or more medical mm-hmm. in in that sense, there's a lot more. I think there's a lot more restraint from the practitioners of. Right, do we really want to can I push well not push but how far can we can we actually try and influence where things going go? Whereas with coaching, it's okay, um it's this is where the sort of outcome we're looking to get to. Mm -hmm. Um and Okay. uh, The same concepts and the same ideas around uh, thought work and everything are in both therapy and coaching, but they're just used in slightly different ways.
0: We're future focused. We're moving forward and it's very direct, especially me, right? My style. I'm direct. I'm fierce with loving compassion. But I'm direct and fierce. And so it's about how are we going to move forward? Because everybody came to the group with this whole idea about enough. Like, I want to be enough. Like, that's the voices we all struggle with. And so knowing that, but not quite knowing where to go. And then we can tap into our pasts. We all have our past stories of who, you know, why we are who we are today. But really, it's about where do we want to go and so my my coaching is always going moving us forward right it's like okay you know yesterday in another group another enough group somebody was going to tell me their story about the, when they were 33 and i was like okay enough of that i, I know this story what and i, I don't remember what i t- where i took them, but i didn't want that story of 33 right we We had constraints on on time, and Ernie knew the story, and she knew that story well too much because she was trying to give me that as evidence of why she couldn't go forward. And uh, you know with me, that's not going to be evidence of why we can't go forward,
1: yeah and and actually, I think that's probably why I signed up for enough in the first place. I saw that sort of of okay, the status quo needs challenging the the way things are evidently isn't working <laughs> and i've obviously i think that's i i i think we we talked about this at some point some point underneath everything i wanted to get better mm-hmm. even though i was very tense and anxious uh when i signed up for enough in the first place underneath all of that uh even though Perfectionism and workaholism and all those sort of things—things things that I've used uh, to uh, hide away from emotions and, uh, and people and relationships. Um, even though those are default behaviors, underneath all of that was a desire to treat myself better. Probably to live better. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't want to. I don't want to say be better, mm-hmm. but it's more to be con- to be actually content with what I'm doing. To be to be content with life. Uh, so actually, it was very much an underlying actually things how I am in the world and what I want to be. Yeah, uh, could. could could be improved
0: one of my clients years ago hired me and um i asked her what our goal was and she said she wanted to become her own best friend Mm -hmm. and and i was like huh and i thought about that and as you're talking about who you've become in this process it makes me think about would you classify that you have become your own best friend you're a person who has your back you're going to tell yourself the honest truth right? So there's going to be an accountability. You're not going to say, oh, it's okay. This doesn't matter. You didn't have to really do this. You don't have to go to work today. But you're going to be honest, and you're going to be compassionate with yourself.
1: Yeah, I actually, now you've brought that back up again, I'll say, yes, I'm, I'm growing into my own best friend, mm-hmm. That that actually, yes, I can see How I want to be, I suppose, to use the the emotional, I I want to be that that person that um, is present, is actually serving others, um, that enjoys what they're doing and actually handles life as it comes around them. Um, That's what I want to be, and that's the... And almost from that place, I can be the friend of, yes, the, the other parts of life, which are vulnerability, the uh, uncertainty, the, uh, I suppose, the uh, the bully, um, the, uh, the perfectionist. Um, but it's these, yes, I can, yeah, actually, I'm becoming my best friend of, yes, Actually, I didn't even know that friend was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just all these other roles. And actually, it's been almost creating that space for that friend.
0: Because when you're your own best friend, what's the quality of the relationships in your life? So are you are you meaning... So, when you can be myself own, and myself or no, myself and other people yourself and other people, when you can be your own best friend, right, because usually we're our biggest enemy, yeah,
1: if you, if you i think it's it's more you don't I don't need to get approval from other people mm-hmm. um I don't need to be liked in every circumstance um, and yes, I don't. Yes. Yeah. It's it's about, uh, yes, not having to seek approval for what's for, uh, yes, or, yes, not having to please the other person all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, yeah, um, and, but I'm staying in my own space and these are my values and these are my boundaries. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and doesn't that allow you to also – be able to have courageous conversations or when somebody else is having a situation where you can say, Oh no, this is actually the reality. We're going to be okay. This will be fine. And, and so that you can actually, instead of again, isolating and running away from it, you can be the comms because you're your own best friend. You can then be supportive of other people because you have oh, it inside of you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because i can now more remain in that situation and i'm i'm comfortable in that situation then yes i suppose i'm holding my own space uh, but then actually much more able to hold the space for somebody else or hold somebody else's space for them um and actually this is I would say it's only quite a recent sort of thing because it's not many months ago we were talking about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there there's almost a series of, of evolutionary steps. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's now looking back, I, sure I can see some of those steps and those stages. And actually it's like, oh, mm-hmm. how do I do this? Or, uh, or how do I create those boundaries between, yes, my feelings and somebody else's feelings? And three months, six ago, months ago, it was we were discussing the concept of boundaries and holding boundaries. And, and, and that's come up on lots of the calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now it's it's like, yeah. Well, I do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm not always great at it, but yeah, it's
0: yeah. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing about your journey and your process and where you were and where you are, and and your there is now moved to a new there. And I'm so excited to see what this next year is going to unfold for you. So, thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your journey.
1: Yeah, th- uh, it's been my pleasure, and um, I've enjoyed the last year. Enjoyed the last year. Um, maybe not correct. I got a lot out of the last year. Uh, uh, um, and, and I'm looking forward to the next year.
0: There we go. Thank you. I hope Steve's journey, his story inspires you. Years ago, when I used to do interviews on a frequent basis, when this was only an interview show, the intro, and you can go back and hear it, would talk about how this show was the Windows of Possibilities. If that is possible for them, what is possible for you? So with this show today of Steve, what he's gone through, the committing to himself, the committing and the allowing of the unraveling and still showing up and saying, Hey, Corinne, I can't do any of that mindset stuff. I can't handle any emotions, but he would show up. He didn't quit on himself. And then he would go and do the work. And sometimes he overworked the work we were doing. And I had to put some constraints on that and say, Steve, it's not going to be possible for you to do this work two hours a day, especially when you go back to work. So the constraints that we had in the practice and the commitment, the falling down moments, the messy moments and bringing it and being willing to move through it. So his story is an example of what is possible for all of us. You can change. You can go through your transformation. You can feel so much better without having to change the external circumstances. He still has the same family, the same job, but who he is a year later is in such a better place. And it's so exciting to work from this place and what he's going to create in this next year. So a few points that I want to just go touch back on just so that you have it for you is that you can't change what you don't know. So that part's really important, being able to create an awareness. Some of you may have one. And remember, he had listened to the show for about a year before. So this language was familiar. There was kind of this understanding, but he didn't know what he didn't know. And it's hard to work on something when we can't even see it. If I had more time, I'd talk about it, but I'm going to talk about that in a future show. But so that part's really important is creating that awareness. Compassion, having compassion, holding a compassionate space where there's accountability. And like he said, there was a challenge, right? So if you have a friend, you can have a friend who's willing to challenge you, who's willing to say the hard stuff, or are they going to be the diplomat? And if you're like me, (laughs) where you may miss those subtle cues, that's not very effective (laughs) to creating the change. If you're like me, you may need somebody that's fierce in your life that will ask you the hard questions because asking questions can be really vulnerable. Practicing managing your mindset. You know, and being responsible and understanding that my, our feelings come from our thoughts. And then the beauty of this is, is that you don't have to take on other people's feelings. Like they can feel it and it doesn't mean that you have to take it on. That takes a lot of practice and especially around boundaries and stuff. But again, we had a year to practice that and being able to separate yourself from somebody else's pain. So one of the big things is that it takes practice being committed to the best case scenario. And in the end, Steve has become his own best friend. And I don't even think he realized it until I asked him that question. You know, and he was able to sit down and process and reflect back through what we are talking about in this interview, as well as we'd been and just at looking back in his mind and saying, hey, these are components. I am my own best friend. And the reason that's so important and so valuable is that you cannot give what you don't have. So your ability to love other people, your ability to give compassion to other people is going to be limited to the ability that you give to yourself. And that's why it's not selfish to take care of yourself. That's why it's not selfish to be your own best friend. It's about you taking care of yourself and then you have so much more to offer the world, whether it's your family, your friends, your workplace, and you want to go back and take care of yourself. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, go check out My group, Enough, at www.howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. Again, that's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. Join us over at the Enough group. I have a group that is starting in January of 2019, and I'd love to have you join me and the other people in the Enough group, the Enoughers, so that you can go through your own transformational experience. I hope to see you soon on a lake she is dreaming she is drifting never been so wide Ooh.